Thanks for tuning in to the Prime Bookseller Podcast, the bi-weekly podcast discussing all things Amazon bookselling. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Prime Bookselling Podcast. I'm Eric. And we're back again, and we're tackling uh, a subject of the day is going to be the Amazon API. So, um, there isn't a ton to say about the Amazon API, but there is one aspect of the API that I think should be talked about, and everybody that is looking to get into selling just about anything on Amazon should be have an understanding of what an API is and what are some of the limitations of the Amazon API. And in particular, there is a gaping limitation in the Amazon API that I think a lot of people don't realize exists and it does affect the way you source items. So we're going to start out by just going into what exactly an API is and for you to understand an API it's not really important because all you need to understand is that whenever you use a tool that provides you with something like Amazon pricing information or any any sort of information that is coming from Amazon, the developer of that tool is using an API to access that information. So basically what an API is, is it just allows a software developer to make a call to Amazon and Amazon will return information to them. So so basically, when you are using a listing program or a scouting tool and you scan an item and it brings back Amazon pricing information, that company is not super intelligent and knows that information. What they're doing is they're taking they're taking they're sending a call to Amazon and Amazon is returning them with that information so they know what it is. Now, that's simple, and you're probably thinking in your head okay, that's really nice, but I'm just using these tools. What do I care what an API is? And that's a great question, but it isn't about you understanding what an API is. It's about what's limiting about the API. And when you're looking at Amazon pricing information, there's a huge, huge, huge limitation in the API. So I'm going to use the example of a scouting tool. So if anybody has used a scouting tool, um, this, you should be able to just look, I can give you a little test so you can see how this might affect the way you source. So basically what happens typically on a sourcing tool, if you scan an item, it's going to show you the top five new used in FBA prices. And most people with, I mean, a certain level of logic, you would think, well, obviously the program is returning the top five prices in each of those categories right? That makes sense. That's not how it works, though. And the reason for that is, is because of the way Amazon's API serves up this information, um, there can, there's at times where those prices will be different than what, what you see on Amazon. There will be times when prices are missing from, if you go look at the item on Amazon, you'll actually see more prices on Amazon than what the API is showing. And why is that? The main purpose of that, and I'm, it, this is kind of a hard thing to explain, but basically what's happening is when you when your software makes a call to Amazon's API, Amazon returns the lowest 20 used in new prices to Amazon. 
or it's back to that software developer. But what they also do is they created this system where they're trying to give you as a user a better picture of the entire market. So what they do is they're 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 actually serving it in bundles. So let's just say you get back 10 used prices. There might be 50 used sellers on Amazon with this item, but a certain amount of those sellers are all grouped together under one grouping. So there might only be three groupings, but each grouping might have seven different sellers underneath them. So what that means is, is that that first price, it's showing you the lowest used price, lowest whatever price in that grouping. But there might be seven more sellers under that grouping that you will not see through the software. And because of that, if you look at an item and you see the top five pr prices, and then you jump over to Amazon and look at the actual listing, it could look dramatically different because of this grouping thing they're doing. So without going too deep into the weeds on this, the most important thing for you to understand is, is that if you're using anything other than the actual Amazon website to look up an item, the data that you're going to see is going to be pretty good, but it might, might not be perfect. So if you're in a sourcing decision where you're looking at, maybe you're looking down and you're saying, well, I don't want to sell this item at the lowest price, but maybe if I sell it at the third lowest price, you know, I just have to wait for those first two sellers to sell through and then I can sell it at this third price and then I'll be at a good profit margin. Well, if you're doing that kind of sourcing, you need to understand that in that scenario, if there only being three competitors is an important thing for you to for you to to source that item, you need to take before you so actually purchase that item, you need to look that item up on Amazon. In most of the sourcing tools that you'll use today, they will have a link right there that you can directly click on and it'll take you to Amazon's webpage so you can see the exact details of Amazon. But too many people I've talked to over the years think, well, no, that just means that's the third lowest price and it does not mean that. And, and for the most part, if you never understand this and you just do it thinking that's the way it is, most sellers succeed by doing it. It's not, it's not going to be something that destroys your business or anything like that. But it is one of these things that I see sellers and I see people tell me all the time that that's how it works. And I'm like, no, that isn't how it works. And I think it's an important thing that everybody should understand exactly what they're looking at. And so I think what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to just give another scenario of this so that Hopefully it really sticks in your brain and it makes sense in case the first example I gave you did not make sense. So I'm going to take an item. It's just going to be a book and I'm going to scan it onto Amazon. And let's just say my I'm looking. Okay, so the book I'm scanning, I can source for, let's say, $5. So I want to sell that book for at least $15 to make a profit. I scan it. I look at new price number one in my scanning app and it says that I can sell that book, that the lowest price seller is selling it for 
Well, obviously, I cannot sell that book for $8 and make a profit. I will lose money. I have to at least hit $15. But then I'm like, then I go down to seller two, and seller two says $22. Well, now I'm like, well, okay, as long as I match seller two's price, I should be okay. But the um, the number one thing you have to re- understand is is the minute you go from what price one to price two, you should be looking that up on Amazon to get the true image of how many people are actually selling that item. Because you might pull that item up on Amazon and look at all the new sellers selling it. There might be 15 sellers under the price of $22, even though the second seller sell- sends says $22. And the reason for that is, is because Amazon took all those sellers under $22 and grouped them all into one group. And you're only seeing the lowest of that group's price. I, that, I know that might be really confusing, but I hope that kind of makes some sense because it is, I think, a very important thing. And I think it will set you above a lot of other sellers if you understand this concept when you're sourcing on your thing. And I would challenge you, if if what I say makes sense and you're out book shopping and you run into another bookshopper, ask them once and see if they understand that concept. Because I'm, I'm going to guess, I, I do not know, but I'm going to guess 7 out of 10 to, booksellers do not understand this concept. They just think that it's showing the lowest, lowest price. Now, on one final note of this, where this API uh, stick comes really, really into effect is when you're looking at FBA prices. So now, um, we haven't really gone into this in depth on this podcast as I'm going to go into like the sourcing of books much deeper into future episodes. Right now, what I'm trying to do is just get basic concepts for anybody that is just not familiar with selling on Amazon at all. I'm trying to get the basic concepts out there so you understand the basics of Amazon. But when you generally are an FBA seller, you're going to mostly look at in source based on FBA price. At least that's how I do it in my business. Some other people may say to not do it that way, but I can tell you I do it that way and it works very well. And when you source off of FBA price, this problem becomes way, way more prevalent. And the reason for that is, is because, because we, and if we haven't talked, I am not sure if we talked about this on this podcast yet, but there are times where there can be a massive, massive gap between the lowest merchant fulfilled price and the lowest FBA price. And if that gap exists, now keep in mind, like what I said was when it pulls, let's just say we're looking at, again, at a book that we're looking at the new price, but we want to see the lowest new FBA offer. I scan that book and it tells me there are no FBA offers. So you're like, oh, cool. Nobody is selling this book FBA. This is definitely something I want to buy. But what happens is if there is a ton of people 
competing in this book over the MFN price. So they're all in the range of the MFN price. I'm going to give numbers here. So let's just say the lowest MFN price is $5. The lowest FBA price is $25. Well, if there are 20 sellers that are competing over in that $5 range, when Amazon goes and pulls, they're only going to pull the lowest 20 sellers. So what might happen is that FBA price, that lowest FBA price might not show up in the lowest 20 sellers because they might all be merchant fulfilled sellers. So your scanner might tell you there's no FBA prices, but then if you go look on Amazon, you might find that there's 10 sellers selling it for $25. Now, in the scenario I gave there, there that probably isn't going to harm your sourcing because more than likely if it's a $25 book FBA, you know, you're probably going to be able to source it and buy it at a pro and sell it at a profit at a tw from 20 from whatever you're going to pay it for for 25. But now take that take a different scenario where the lowest MFN price is $4, but there's 50 people selling it at $4. And then the next FBA price the lowest FBA price is $8. Now, again, we pulled the we hit made that API call and the lowest 20 sellers all of them were merchant fulfilled. So so your software is going to tell you there's no FBA offers. But the minute you click on Amazon and go look at Amazon, you're going to see a whole bunch of offers from people that are selling at FBA for $8. And why didn't you see that on your scanning software? Because they were higher than the lowest 20, you, 20 offers. So they just didn't show up in the data. And that can become a huge, huge problem when sourcing FBA. So it is extremely important that if you scan an item with whatever scanning software you're using, the only one that doesn't fall under this issue is if you use the Amazon selling app, which most people inevitably move off the Amazon selling app because the other apps are just so much more efficient. So eventually you're probably going to use something other than the Amazon selling app. But when you see a scenario where you see no FBA offers, one of the first things you should think about doing is clicking that Amazon link button, going to Amazon's website and truly seeing if you're the only offer. Because that so that software cannot tell you that definitively. They might tell you there's no FBA offers, but they don't really know. They just know that there's no FBA offers within the data that they gave. So I'm going to wrap this episode up. And I know, I know this might be confusing. So please, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, I have no idea what this guy is talking about, feel free. All you got to do is send an email to sales, S-A-L-E-S, at kingsridgemedia.com, and I will be happy to answer any additional questions you have on this. Um, if I get enough questions, I will be more than happy to do another episode covering this topic. Um, maybe, maybe it even needs a video or something so I can walk through exactly how everything works. So with that, I'm going to wrap this episode up. 
again, thank you all for tuning in. Um, Check in your show notes if there is a service that we at Kings Ridge Media do offer that might be of interest to you. Reach out to us. Let us know how we can help you. We'd love to help you. So otherwise, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. And thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Prime Bookseller Podcast. Join us for the next episode as we discuss all things Amazon bookselling. 